Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer. Hello and welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast recorded from the annual meeting in Austin, Texas. This is Rocky Deer and I'm the host for today's show, which is being sponsored by LawPay. Trusted by more than 35,000 law firms to accept legal payments online, it's the only payment solution offered as a member benefit by the State Bar of Texas. Joining me now, I have Larry Gibbs. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thanks, Rocky. Before we get started, I know you've been talking today about, and I'm going to read the title because this is, this is quite an earful and quite a mouthful. The United States of America, our national debt, our annual deficits, and the increasing risks they pose, what can be done about them? That's, that, that sounds like a heck of a topic. Before we get into that, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your background and, and what you do. I'm a Texan, transplanted from uh, Kansas originally, but grew up in Dallas, Texas. Uh, went to the University of Texas uh, School of Law here in Austin. Uh, uh, lived in Corpus Christi for 11 years. Back to Dallas to, for 10 years. Currently living in Sarasota, Florida. Now, you were the IRS commissioner I was indeed. For a time. When, when was that? And, and obviously you were living in D.C. You, you didn't get to be a Texan then. I moved from Dallas to uh, D.C. Um, and was an appointee for uh, President Ronald Reagan from 1986 to 1989. I assume you were, you were happy to leave D.C. and to come back to the South. Sarasota looks great. It really does. It's a good. It's a good way to leave D.C. If you have to leave D.C. It's a, it's a good place to go. You know, I'm I'm always partial to Texas personally. I, I I love it here. I don't I don't ever want to move away. But we fly the Texas flag from our dock in Sarasota Bay. Is that legal to do in Florida? Can Absolutely. You, okay. Good. Good. So look, Larry. Let's let's talk for a second about the national debt. And I guess reading the title, it sounds like now when I look at my credit card statement, I can at least I can say to myself, at least I'm not the United States of America. We've got a big debt problem. Tell us a little bit about this. It's huge and it's growing. $22 trillion. That's our national debt. Uh, that's our national debt. Okay. And it's growing daily. Uh, within three years, the Congressional Budget Office, which is highly respected, nonpartisan, is predicting that we will add a trillion dollars a year. That's trillion with a T a year because of our deficits to the $22 trillion we presently have. So it's exploding, has been for 10 years. Okay, so let's let's maybe try to break this down because I think a lot of people, myself included, you know, when we hear about the national debt and then we hear about deficits— I think maybe we conflate those two terms and we don't necessarily know the difference. But I understand there is a difference. So talk to us about about budgetary deficits versus the national debt and what that means. Be glad to. Each year, the uh, United States operates on a budget, the entire federal government. And what an annual deficit is means that we are paying out more than we are taking in in revenue and other receipts. And what that means is that we are spending more than we have. And as I said, the projection is that that within the next two or three years, that's projected to go to a trillion dollars a year overspending more than we are taking in. So that's, that means per year, we're spending a trillion dollars more than we actually take in as a government. That is correct. So obviously, we're, somehow the country is functioning. Because I know for most of us as individuals, when we think that my expenses exceed my income, that means at some point you declare bankruptcy or, or you try to find ways to pay off that debt or you're just carrying a debt load 
forever that you're trying to service. How is the United States as an entity paying for this debt? I mean, obviously we're carrying it and things are functioning. So how are we financing all this this debt that we're carrying? We're financing it largely by borrowing from other countries. Okay. They are lending us money. And instead of using our own money or generating money ourselves, we are borrowing literally from others to pay for the way we operate. So, so does that mean these other countries have surpluses or are they also running debts and they're just lending to us? And Both. It turns in, okay. Both. Okay. So we hear a lot about China, right? That we owe a lot of debt to China. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, yes. how, how is that debt structured and what happens if China decides to call in that debt? Well, the, the debt is on fixed maturities. China can't call it. We could call it, but we, we don't. We, we continue. We roll it over. Uh, we pay interest. And as interest increases, then we obviously have to pay more. Pay more. Sure. China is one of the major uh, lenders to us, although they have been reducing the amount that they are willing to lend us sure. over the last several years. Hmm. But they still uh, lend us a substantial amount of money. Uh, so far, we've been able to make payments on time to China as well as other our other creditors. If we ever stop doing that, then the poster child for countries that can't pay their debts is Greece. So you think that could happen to us? That can happen to the United States? There is now a... Um, projection of a computer program by an economist at Wharton by the name of Smetters. And his projection is that within 25 years, the United States will default on its federal debt. Now, when you look at a country like Greece and you look at you look at a major military power like the United States, and obviously it's the dollar seems to it's it's the petrodollar. There's a lot of world currencies are tied to the US dollar. What happens if the United States defaults? Is it the same thing that happens to Greece, or do we get special treatment by dint of being such a big, large Right now, the United market? States is the world's uh, reserve currency. Other sure. states uh, basically trade in, in our currency. Sure. So long as we're the world's reserve currency, most economists feel that we will be able to weather the storm. The problem is that we can't depend on being the world's reserve currency. How does that change? Uh, it changes when countries are no longer willing to lend to us uh, and would prefer to use a currency of another country. Hmm. When we start having problems borrowing, even before we default, if another country's currency is recognized as being stronger, we've got a problem. Indeed, business right now, often long-term finance is not in United States-denominated currency. They use a basket of currencies. It gives them a hedge against the declining value of the dollar and ultimately a hedge against the possibility that we would default on our, our debt one day. I guess as a layperson who doesn't, who doesn't deal with, with, with taxation and debts and deficits every day, it sounds like you know, the U.S. is still, we're still the world's largest economy by far, if you look at the way, just as a market, everybody still wants to do business with us and they want to do business here. So if people start using a different currency, how does, how does that equation change? It, what does it mean for us on the ground, for uh, those of us that are citizens? Over time, it, it basically is going to mean that there will be things that we take for granted now. Let me give you an example Please. of the types of things that will start occurring Today, we take for granted that if we live in a state mm -hmm. or in a locality that has a natural disaster, that the federal government will step in and help sure. uh, with that. 
uh, we just the Congress just passed a national a natural disaster bill, mm-hmm. and the president has signed it. Mm-hmm. It took longer this year, and it was more difficult this year to get that legislation passed. And there are some that are beginning to ask, how long is the federal government going to be able to do that? What I'm saying is we will begin, unless we start addressing our debt and deficits, finding a way to deal with our entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, other welfare programs, finding ways to reduce those costs, we are going to begin to see signs of fiscal uh, stress in our government where they won't be able, the federal government won't be able to pay the things that they've been paying in the past. That's when we will begin to see the difficulties that can snowball, for example, if interest rates go up, for example, if other mm-hmm. countries decide to stop lending to us and mm-hmm. so forth. That's where we could get into trouble. It's not a here and now problem, but as I say, there is at least one computer program out there that says we've got 25 years. and. This problem we've known about for 30 years. We've known this was going to happen to us for 30 years. Uh, That's how I got interested in it 30 years ago, because our politicians, bipartisan on both parties, were saying we need to do something about this problem 30 years ago. If you had to predict, how long do if we do nothing and just keep things going the way they are, how long before? before I've asked that question over and over and over again to politicians and to economists. I finally have an economist who is willing to say, well, I have a computer program that shows 25 years. 25 years. 25 years. So that's, that's in the lifetimes of most, many of us. That's, so that's, that's on our doorstep. Well, and that's a projection. The point is that our, because we have been adding to our entitlements our Social Security, our Medicare, and in particular, our other socioeconomic programs that have been run through the government and run through the tax system, spending programs. This is a snowball that is going downhill, and it's getting larger and larger and larger. Wow. I could talk to you about this all day long, but last question for now. Hopefully, we can have you back on the podcast and, and talk about this more deeply, but last question for now is, and this, this goes back to the title of your talk, What can be done about this? What I'm suggesting is that people begin to start educating themselves about our escalating national debt, annual deficits, and other spending programs. That's the first step. Next step is start calling your, start contacting your politicians. Tell them your concern. Start asking them hard questions. How big is our national debt? And not only our entitlements, but also our other spending programs. How big are they? Tell us what size of debt we can have where we won't have this risk of default. Uh, how big does the debt have to get before it could get out of control? Uh, if it does get out of control, what happens? Are we like Greece? What does that mean for me as an individual? What does it mean for my family? Start pressing our elected officials. That actually could bring us all back together instead of a divided country if we realize the dangers to all of us across the political spectrum. It could be unifying and we could support our elected officials. And I frankly remain optimistic that if we do that, we can find a way to deal with our fiscal problems. And that means that we could actually uh, find a way to unite once we realize the ramifications to all of us if we don't start doing something about this problem. Wow. Wow. Big, 
big issues. This is this is going to be something we chew on for a while, but it does look like we've reached the end of our program. I want to thank Larry Gibbs for joining us today. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Rocky. If our listeners have questions or wish to follow up with you, how do they reach out to you? What's the best way? Gibbs at milchev, M-I-L-C-H-E-V dot com. That's your, that's your that's, law firm email that's address. That's my email address. If you write me, I will be glad to respond and provide the information that I have to help you begin educating yourself. That's tremendous. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode of the State Bar of Texas podcast, brought to you by LawPay. Thank you again, LawPay. We love you. Also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Rocky Deer. Until next time, thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to TexasBar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.